The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Good evening to everyone listening to this this evening. This is the Monday night program from the Buddha Society of Victoria, and we are live streaming it from Newbury Buddhist Monastery. So, as usual with the uh, um, program this evening, we will have uh, comments, questions, or complaints, and you can make those on the YouTube live chat that's part of the uh, uh, live streaming. And also, just to let you know, the format is the usual format we, we follow, which is an introduction, the actual guided meditation, followed by um, uh, questions, comments, uh, questions, and complaints, as I often say. And uh, I'd, I'd like to introduce myself for those who don't know me, and of course, you'll see the picture, some people will know, and my name is Ajahn Nisarano. And I've been a fully ordained Buddhist monk for, this will be my 23rd uh, rains retreat. We have the three-month rains retreat every year. And for, and I was ordained by uh, Ajahn Brahm in Perth in 1998. And um, for 14 years I was living, have been living in Sri Lanka, and for eight of those in a cave in the forest, which is a very nice experience. And uh, now I am here spending the rains retreat at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery in the recently constructed monk section. So this evening I'd like to start with the, the introduction to the guided meditation. The theme, I always like a theme for the meditation. And the theme this evening will be bringing the feeling of peace and, it, and the sacred, or this, yeah, the sacred's okay, into our meditation and lives. So that's bringing the feeling of peace and the sacred into our meditation and lives. I often emphasize for the meditation that uh, if we can bring up a feeling, a positive, wholesome feeling, and use it with the meditation, um, it is a great support because these feelings, they attract the mind. They keep the mind interest, interested in the present moment. They keep the mind interested in the breath. So this can be a way, a skillful means for supporting the meditation and also becoming a, a, um, a way of bringing up these emotional qualities for us at other times too in our lives when we need them. So, as I said, this will be bringing up the feeling of peace and the sacred into our meditation and lives. Often with meditation, of course, peace can develop out of the meditation, and that, that will often be the experience as the meditation goes deeper. And once that happens, of course, this support we're using, we don't need because this has come up, and it will develop, and it will bring with it, as the meditation develops, it brings with it a sense of joy and happiness and the mind coming together. We call it samadhi. So I'd like to read a text that I think gives a, a feeling of, of peace to me and uh, 
it, it points out the different types of peace, really. There's the peace, of course, we can develop in meditation. And we can be at peace with situations in our lives so that even though it may be a busy situation, we still have this sort of inner sense of peace amidst whatever we're experiencing. So they're very, very useful. It's a very useful thing to develop in our lives. And that peace that we experience in meditation, we can use it as that basis for the mind being peaceful with, in the midst of our lives, what's happening. So this text, and you, you, there will probably be texts that you find yourself that bring up peace for you. This is one way of bringing up a feeling of peace. There are many ways, and I'm going to talk briefly about them. And uh, whichever way brings up that feeling of peace, of steadiness, stillness in the mind, calm in the mind, this is useful um, for the meditation. And when we bring up these positive emotions, they deal with or reduce the, um, the defilements, the hindrances to our meditation. So this is the text. I think you will, many people will recognize this. <laughs> it's from the uh, Desiderata, uh, which is a famous poem that um, many people know. It used to decorate the toilet wall of my my mother's home, so <laughs> that's where I first came across it. It's very 1970s or 80s, so it's this is how it goes, not the whole of it. Go placidly amid the noise and the haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. So that's the text that uh, I find when I... Uh, just that opening line, particularly go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. That, that brings up a feeling of peace for me, actually. And so this text may do that for you, but other texts may as well. And later I will talk about uh, the uh, classic uh, uh, recollection of peace that the Buddha um, taught as well, which is the recollection of Nibbana. That's quite a, I'll just mention it briefly, but this is one text one can use. And so this is, this um, bringing up of peace, I, I think is very like what they call quiet time in schools, don't they? And I think quiet time is essential for our lives so that we can um, calm down, we can uh, uh, get in contact with what's going on within ourselves. And, uh, and this is what the meditation is aiming to do. Twofold, it makes, brings this calm, this peace, and with it, clarity, so that we can see things more clearly. And in order to do this, as I said, we can use inspirational texts, and uh, maybe you'll find that, that desiderata inspiring, maybe not. 
But we can also remember, and I'll just I'll go into this in more detail, there are people we often associate with peace. Sometimes we'll meet somebody who has got a really peaceful quality about them. And we can, as it were, pick up on that peace. And sometimes there are places that bring up peace for us too. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Or there can be things, objects, that bring up peace for us, that give rise to this feeling. And when the mind... um, takes on this peaceful association, it it colors whatever we experience. And as I mentioned, we can infuse it with a meditation object and give it this peaceful flavor. And as I say, once the meditation starts to take off by itself, that peace will come up even more so. And so many places, I start with the places that can bring out peace for us and for some you know that it can be like churches I've heard and I've seen churches in uh, Britain and in Europe very ancient old churches medieval church and they do have this feeling of of peace and and uh, this sort of special uh, quality about them and of course in a Buddhist context, we can find uh, monasteries, meditation centers. And here, for instance, at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, you can, I can feel, you know, as time's gone by, that it's become more and more peaceful. And for me, when I sit here in the uh, meditation hall here, you know, I can feel this peace. And it becomes associated with peace. So, and also... Uh, very um, well-known place is Bodhinyana Monastery, Ajahn Brahm's monastery. Many people say that's got an incredibly strong, peaceful feeling for them. And I think so too. And part of that can be that uh, there have been many meditators there and the uh, lifestyle of the monks living there too. is a very peaceful one. And when we go to these places, they can help our meditation, they can deepen it, and we can sit longer. I also find, because I've lived in Sri Lanka for quite a while, that uh, when I see temples in Sri Lanka, these uh, <laughs> beautiful white, whitewashed temples with walls around them and sand around a, a Bodhi tree, this is a tree that uh, the, the Buddha became enlightened under, And when you just see them, they give this quality of peacefulness to my mind. It's an association I have, and it calms the mind. And you see people often go to the the monasteries when they're in times of difficulty to to connect with some of that peace when they are feeling turbulence or turmoil in their lives. And I know for my last rains retreat in Sri Lanka, 2019, I stayed in a monastery in the mountains and just seeing the mountain that I could see from my hut, from from the walking path in front of the hut as well, and just seeing that solidity, that seeing the clouds coming and going, but that steadiness and that un, the way it was unaffected by the change in weather and the change in light, um, I could use in my meditation to bring up that feeling of steadiness and stillness of peace. And it reminds me very much of, uh, and you might connect with this uh, 
this text actually what the Buddha's one of the advice some of the advice that the Buddha gave to his son the venerable Rahula about meditation and I think this is lovely actually to me it brings up this sort of peace uh, sense of equanimity and he said to his son Rahula develop meditation that is like the earth for when you develop meditation that is like the earth arisen Agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. Just as people throw clean things and dirty things, excrement, urine, spittle, pus and blood on the earth, and the earth is not repelled, humiliated and disgusted because of that. So too, Rahula, develop meditation that is like the earth. For when you develop meditation that is like the earth, arisen, agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. So it's a bit like the mountain for me in Sri Lanka. <laughs> and this brings up a piece of, a sense of peace, yes, and a sense of the, uh, we say, imperturbability, like unshakableness, as the mountain does too, this steadiness and equanimity. For some people, a very, very good way to bring up peace is to remember, to visualize sitting or walking in nature, being in nature, being in the bush, being in the forest, um, seeing uh, the trees, the forests, pools, lakes. All this can be very... And sometimes seeing a vista, you know, seeing a panorama can bring up this sense of peace in the mind. So these, when we are meditating, this power of visualization using the imagination can be used to be wherever you wish to be, you know, that brings up that feeling. You can be here at Newbury Monastery if you, if you know the place or some other place that brings up that, that feeling or in nature. And also you may remember some people who are very peaceful and you can pick up on this quality and remember it and bring it inside. This is one of the things that we can um, experience with other people. We can call them spiritual friends in a sense, that we can see qualities that they have and we can, as it were, they can become a role model for that quality and we can pick up on it. And I mentioned another category of things is sometimes when we see um, uh, things like a Buddhist statue, for instance, very peaceful and calm, and that can bring up a quality of peace in the mind. And I see in um, often when I go for my walks in Melbourne, I see many many Buddhist statues in the gardens. And I'm sure many of these people are not Buddhists, but they connect, I think, with that sense of peace. So just to bring to mind a very peaceful Buddha statue can be very, very useful. So, and I mentioned um, the classic recollection of peace that the Buddha taught. And this is really um, uh, something for Buddhists that have contemplated the path and uh, um, that they can appreciate um, some of the qualities that the Buddha described about Nibbana. And this is this is one, one of the reflections. I might just uh, in a minute read some descriptions of Nibbana. They call them epithets, but they're descriptions. 
Whatever states there are, because whether conditioned or unconditioned, of these, detachment is reckoned foremost. This is not being attached. That is the subduing of vanity, like subduing of uh, self or conceit of self, the elimination of thirst, this is craving, the removal of reliance, this is uh, sticking to um, sense pleasures and other things, the termination of the round of rebirths and the destruction of craving, detachment, cessation, nibbana. Then he says, the Buddha says, those who have faith in the Dhamma of detachment have faith in the foremost. For those with faith in the foremost, the result will be foremost. And so I'll just mention a few qualities in Nibbana. And for those who, because when I gave this uh, guided meditation before, somebody asked me about the qualities of Nibbana. I have a whole list of them, but I'll just read the ones that are about the state of peace. The um, these these are the you know like condensed descriptions the Buddha gave of nibbana. So for those who wish to contemplate nibbana to bring up peace, and the Buddha described it as the highest highest peace, and he called it the santipada, the tranquil state also called it the supreme state of sublime peace. And of course, the famous one, the calming of all activities. And he called it upasama, tranquility. and called it the uncrowded, the asambhada, badha, and the undisturbed, the untroubled, and that which is without rival. called it serenity, and he called it non-exertion, which is like rest. So that's just the ones about peace. This is a couple of pages of descriptions of Nibbana, so it's very, very inspiring. So I'd encourage you to use, during this guided meditation at the beginning, one of these things that brings up that sense of peace for you, whether it be the inspirational texts, you know, contemplating Nibbana, Desiderata, or even um, the advice of the Buddha to Venbo Rahula, whether it be people, somebody that you know has really got a peaceful feel to them, uh, or places, whether it be a natural place, whether it be uh, a building, a, a, a place like a monastery or a meditation center, um, or things like the Buddha statue, whatever can bring up this feeling of peace for you. This is a skillful means to support the meditation. So now we can um, begin the guided meditation. So firstly we can find a comfortable posture. However you find uh, comfortable and that gives some alertness to the body. Not um, not stiffness, not... uh, uh, tension, we don't need that at all, but uh, some like an alert posture, sitting, standing, walking, or lying down even. And we can close the eyes and let go of the past which has happened and the future just to be here now, 
and to allow our minds just to be with the body, to be here in the present moment. And there's nothing we need to do. There's nowhere we need to go for this um, roughly 45 minutes. And so we can just arrange the body or make ourselves more comfortable, check that the head feels balanced over the shoulders and the shoulders feel comfortable, relaxed. And the shoulders balanced over the hips and the legs feel comfortable. They're in a comfortable position for you. Just checking out our posture. And now we can mentally relax the body. This is quite an important part of the meditation and very effective. Starting at the top of the head and the sides and the back of the head and giving this feeling of kindness, this kind attention, this warm attention, what I call a mental massage to the top of the head, back of the head and sides of the head allowing this area to relax, calming it down. Now bringing to mind the forehead and relaxing that, soothing that, allowing some of the creases to dissolve, to relax. Removing the attention down to around the eyes, soothing them, giving this warm attention to the eyes. And relaxing the cheeks of the face and around the lips, around the mouth. Soothing with his kind attention, relaxing attention. Moving down to the neck, all around the neck, giving it the mental, a mental massage. bringing to mind the right shoulder starting at the neck and moving our attention along the right shoulder, soothing it, relaxing it, allowing it to let go of tensions, any hardness.
Now bringing to mind the right arm, starting at the top of the right arm. And as we gradually move our attention down the right arm to take in the elbow, the wrist, the hand and the fingers. Soothing, relaxing, calming. Now we can bring to mind the left shoulder, starting at the neck and moving along the left shoulder, relaxing it, giving it this warm attention, dissolving any tension, soothing any pain, calming the left shoulder. Now bringing to mind the left arm, starting at the top of the left arm and as we gradually move our attention down the left arm to take in the elbow, the wrist, the hand and fingers, soothing them with this mental massage. Now bringing the back to mind, starting below the shoulders and moving our attention slowly down the back, right down to the buttocks, relaxing them, soothing them, giving this warm, kind attention, and especially to any painful areas, any tight areas, just giving them a good soothe, a mental massage. And now we can bring our attention to the front of the body, just below the shoulders. And as we gradually move our attention down the front of the body, we can include the chest, the diaphragm, 
the stomach and abdomen areas, soothing them, relaxing them, any areas that there's tension or pressure or pain, just soothing them with this kind, relaxing attention. And now you can bring to mind the right leg. Starting at the top of the right leg and moving our attention down the right leg to include the knee, ankle, foot and toes of the right leg. Soothing them, relaxing them. Giving them a mental massage. And now bringing to mind the left leg, starting at the top of the left leg, and as we gradually move our attention down the leg, to take in the knee, the ankle, foot and toes, giving them this relaxing, kind, warm attention.
And now we can bring to mind the whole body, being aware of how it feels. Sitting or standing or lying down, how it feels, the body. Just simply being here. No past, no future to define us. On holiday in the present moment. And we can develop the intention to bring up a feeling of peace in the mind. And we can visualize or bring to mind a place, maybe it's a, a monastery, a meditation center, maybe it's a place in nature, somewhere far from the hustle and bustle, Maybe it's a mountain, a forest, or a still lake, a stream. Or we can think of a Buddha statue, a peaceful Buddha statue that we have seen that has a calming, peaceful effect on us. Or we can think of a person, or some text, some writing, that brings up this peaceful feeling, whatever one we wish to use. can get in contact with that feeling that we arouse by bringing to mind somewhere, someone or something that brings up peace for us. 
that steadiness, stillness of peace. And we can bring that peace into the experience of the present moment. That peace with whatever we're experiencing, sounds, feelings in the body, the temperature of the room, whatever it is from moment to moment, this present moment, our home. And when we become aware of the breath, we can give our attention to the breath coming in and going out, noticing 
the most prominent area that we're aware of the breath, wherever it be. And using that as a reference point as we breathe in and we breathe out. And breathing in this feeling of peace and breathing out this feeling of peace. And if this feeling of peace diminishes, we can bring up the visualization, whatever it was, a place, a person, a thing, a text, whatever we used, to refresh it. Breathing in this feeling of peace and breathing out this feeling of peace to the world.
And now we can recollect that feeling of peace, bring it to mind, and to expand this feeling of peace to include everyone wherever you are, whether they people or animals, birds, and to all those who are listening to this live streaming, sharing this sense of peace, steadiness and stillness. And we can expand this feeling of peace, this gift of peace, to all those living in the area around where we are at the moment, including the animals, all beings, giving them this gift of peace. Of stillness, steadiness. and expanding it in ever-widening circles. Ever-widening circles to cover the whole of the earth and all realms of existence. Giving this gift of peace, calm, stillness, steadiness, And now we can return to ourselves and bring this sense of peace 
and anchor it in our hearts so that we can remember it any time of day or night. And we can make an aspiration, an intention to develop more this feeling of peace, more and more. To make it a refuge for ourselves and to make it a gift for others. And before we finish, we can just recollect how the meditation was. How do I feel now? Did I experience a feeling of peace during the meditation? And did that feeling change, come and go? And lastly, what caused this feeling that I experienced to arise? And now we can slowly come out of the meditation, slowly open the eyes and move the body to make it more comfortable. So I hope that you uh, experienced some of this peace and found that it took you deeper into the meditation. And I'd just like to mention before we have the comments or questions or complaints, <laughs> uh, other ways we can develop this feeling of peace. And one of the very important things to do is to have a, a meditation space or room in our homes dedicated to this purpose. Because we find whatever, we, when we have a, a place that we use regularly, it becomes associated with that feeling of peace, of with quiet time, of meditation. And so it's, it can reinforce, it brings up that association whenever we go to that space that space, whether it be part of a room or a separate room. So this can be very useful. 
And another thing that uh, is very supportive, I used to like this very much, was having quiet days, you know, days when you just uh, meditate, relax, and walk in nature, have a day, you know, in the park or and, and take something to eat and just to walk and have uh, time with yourself, um, maybe read some um, spiritual texts and meditate in nature. Nature has this incredibly calming and uh, relaxing effect on the mind, healing effect on the mind. And another thing that supports bringing up this sense of peace in our lives is not rushing. <laughs> rushing is a good way to destroy it in uh, very quickly. Allowing enough time to do what we need to do without rushing. We tend to, uh, I, I see it myself, cut things very finely so that we, we may end up feeling like rushed because having this rushed state of mind is really the opposite of developing peace. And uh, doing things slowly and mindfully is always very useful. And I, I recall, as I often mention, a friend of mine who said, for her, she said, Tai Chi is just too slow. <laughs> but I think it's good if we can slow down. Because you notice, I notice, that when I slow down, the mind tends to slow down. When the mind slows down, it becomes more peaceful, more relaxed. And of course, a very good support for developing peace and deepening the meditation is going on retreats regularly. And these days, there are quite a few retreats available even online, and they can be very useful. There is something about actually going to another location, which is very useful too, which is not our familiar location, and that can have a very good effect when we go on retreats. And they're usually, you know, in a natural setting. And lastly, um, one very useful thing, and it will bring, I think, instant peace, is turning off our phones, turning off our tabs, our iPads, and our computers. And that can be very freeing when we're not tethered to our devices. We use them, but sometimes I, I wonder if they're using us. So that can bring a sense of peace and space in our lives. Of course, we can turn them on at any time, but just to have periods when we turn it off, very good. When, um, as one conference was, to connect by disconnecting, you know, connect with ourselves by disconnecting from the internet. So there are just some suggestions. So now I'd just like to see if there are any comments, questions or complaints. Chin look, are there some there? Venerable, Yes. how much time is required to master each meditation suggested by Buddha? Ah, right. Maybe the listener could be referring to meditation time. Mm. Well, because there's a follow-on question as well. Mm. Should I read that now? Um, to to give you some clarity. Yes, maybe it adds to the follow-on question, question. Is mm. can each and every meditation lead the mind to nibbana, or only anap anapana? But I think it means anapana. Ah, right. 
leads yeah. to leads the mind to nibbana. Right. No. No. Of course, the Buddha taught forty uh, different meditation techniques, and um, we can use any of those to uh, for meditation um, to take us deeper and deeper. Um, and many of them can be, I think many of them can be used to take a nibbana. It's not only the breath. Uh, the breath, of course, is something that the Buddha practiced himself um, and uh, encouraged. And it's certainly a meditation object um, that, you know, having tried a few different techniques myself, I appreciate more and more because uh, it is uh, something that that lends its its lends itself to um, combining with a feeling, but is is sort of a gentle, uh, a calming experience that is very, very useful. But there are many different ways to meditate. And we don't have to, to answer your first part of that question, we don't have to uh, master every different meditation technique. Not everyone will gel with us. Not everyone will work for us, every meditation technique. So it's good to find what works for us. Um, and what, what do I mean by works for us? I mean it brings more peace, more stillness, more calm, but also insight and wisdom because insight and wisdom is usually a product of developing clarity, steadiness, stillness in the mind so that we can see things uh, much more clearly uh, than we usually do with a busy mind that moves all about the place. So you, you needn't develop all 40 techniques, um, but just develop what is necessary for yourself. I mentioned the Buddha's advice to his son Rahula. In that, that sutta is quite interesting. He mentions at least half a dozen <laughs> different different meditations to develop, including, you know, the metta meditation, what I call we call loving kindness or friendliness. Um, and I think there was also some asuba meditation, the focusing on the unattractive quality of the body to free the, the mind from its uh, infatuation and focusing on the body. So there are many, many different techniques, but whatever works for you. And this is what uh, one of my teachers, I Kima, said, the right technique is the one that works for you, <laughs> that brings more peace, more, more calm, stillness, more insight, more wisdom. So that's the right technique. So thank you very much for that question. Thank you for, your, for the talk. What do we do when we are trying to develop peacefulness mm. in the meditation mm. when we enter more euphoric states? I have noticed these states can have an agitated quality. Ah, right. Yes, yes. Yeah, when we um, when we meditate, the the mind can go through um, more energetic experiences. You know, we call this um, uh, like. Uh, they call it piti or or joy in the uh, and it can be experienced very bodily, you know, like waves of energy going through the body and so forth. And of course, you know, this is uh, uh, quite a strong experience. But with um, uh, 
paying attention to it with calm, paying attention to it really, not interfering with it, it will gradually calm down and then develop into what the Buddha called pasadi. This is more like tranquility of the body, where these sensations uh, and mind, uh, where these sensations are not, are much, much more refined. And then developing from that, when the mind becomes, uh, the body becomes tranquil, it gets this feeling of detachment from the five senses. Then the mind becomes happy. We call the sukha, and then the mind can develop samadhi coming together, and then it can develop after it comes out of that state, seeing things as they really are, yata buddha, yanadasana. So there can be a sense of, particularly with this piti, um, you know, a sense of, uh, I don't know if I'd describe it as agitation, but it is energy, and some of it sometimes very, um, you know, sort of coarse energy, it seems, feels like it, waves of it through the body, but it can also be much, much more refined and will calm down with time. So, yes, that's a, that is, uh, it's a very uh, uh, high energy experience, so it may not be so peaceful, but it will change into this, uh, gradually into this tranquility, and um, when that tranquility comes, there's this happiness. Because you notice, I notice when I am, was doing that meditation, that there's a, a, a sense of, Happiness comes from it, actually, because the mind is steady. It's a very pleasant experience to bring up, have this experience of peace. And then when when samadhi develops, when the mind comes together, this will be, this is a very um, joyful, uh, alive experience, but also incredibly peaceful. Strange to say that, isn't it? Very peaceful experience. So... Uh, and that peace will deepen, you know, with the development of deeper meditations. So I hope that answered your question. Just be patient. <laughs> that agitation, you know, that excessive energy will, will calm down. Um, but particularly we shouldn't, you know, have an aversion to it because that will, of course, you know, derail that experience altogether. Um, if we resist it, you know, we just allow it to, Calm down. Thanks, Jinwok. Ajahn, could you please expound a moment on going slow? Oh, right, on going slow. Yes. Uh, well, as I was saying, when we um, uh, slow down our movements, when we do things very mindfully and slowly, it calms the mind. And um, though I've never done Tai Chi, you know, when even just watching it is quite peaceful, actually. <laughs> so I imagine the experience must be even more so. Um, so that when we move the body slowly, it tends to influence the mind, and the mind will slow down, agitation will reduce. And uh, so whatever, whatever we do in a slow and mindful way will have an effect on, on the body as well. But it's we need that mindfulness to be with it too. I think it was Ajahn Chah said there are plenty of drivers who drive slowly and have accidents, <laughs> something like that. So, yes, so slowing down. And it's the opposite of what we see in modern life. When I um, go 
on uh, sometimes in Melbourne I go on the arms round and down to the shops and I see people in such a hurry they seem to be hurrying I think some of it is exercise <laughs> but some of it looks just like hurry and it makes me feel like slow down even more because I feel you know that for these people just to see somebody who is slowed down that's a hopefully is a little bit more peaceful is calming for them and uh, so that's that's something that i feel for the pace of modern life slowing down is very very useful and it reminds me of a person who went to a monastery in myanmar and there they slowed everything down and his mind was so pacey that it was incredible suffering for him <laughs> to be there and he really resisted it and uh, I don't think he actually ever, you know, really took to that practice or perhaps understood the purpose of it. But slowing down, when it, and, it, and what happens, you know, you notice this, say, with walking meditation, when the mind starts to calm down, when there's some of that agitation reduces, the walking will slow down, the pace will slow down naturally. And it is best, you know, to, to go at a natural pace and allow that, um, tendency for the mind to become stiller and stiller to reduce and then the pace will reduce by itself quite naturally so uh, this is a real antidote to, to our rather souped up lives that we have so I hope that uh, was of interest some person Matt. next question dear Ajahn I have noticed that using various skillful means in meditation to bring up peace sometimes lead to a subtle sense of striving to increase the level of peacefulness. Yeah. Can you please discuss on how to deal with this one, this one in one's practice? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. One, you know, it's a sense of dissatisfaction with what one's experiencing at the moment and wanting to to develop it to make it go further. And of course, the more we want, um, we bring up wanting desire, the further away the peace will become. We're trying to control it. But if we can be content, you know, this is what Ajahn Brahm always advises, and I, I see it in my own practice, when we can be content with what we're experiencing now, it will naturally deepen, it will naturally become more uh, more peaceful, more pleasant. Um because we're not, as Ajahn Brahm says, not going on to a, another stage. We're going deeper into the experience of now, what we're experiencing now. And that will settle, become more peaceful, more still, and more uh, pleasant if we can do that. So it's just letting go of that wanting, what next, or what more, <laughs> wanting more. So that that would be the advice I can give with that, and it will naturally get more more, more peaceful that way. So, good luck with that. <laughs> Being content is is not easy because it's not our our um, habitual training in life. Because life and the modern society is is training us, is uh, conditioning us to be discontent with things. So when we're becoming, because we can improve on them, we can get more, we can get better, etc. But um, when we become content, actually we find the reverse happens and we can get 
stiller, more peaceful and more happy, actually, because contentment is another word for happiness. So, And as Ajahn Brahm says, happiness or contentment is not uh, having what you like, it's liking what you already have. <laughs> so that's a nice way of putting it. So I hope that helps. Yeah, good, good. Any other questions? How much time is required to master any meditation suggested by Buddha? Oh, right. I think this ties back to the first, the first ones. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, that will depend on, uh, you know, whether it's it's an appropriate meditation for you. Some meditations you'll take to very quickly and you, you may find that they work for you very well. So the length of time that it takes it, the most important thing actually with meditation is just consistency you know the doing it regularly you know not once in a while but every day you know and if possible a number of times a day is good isn't it so that that's much more important and then it's it's creating a um a habit in the mind you know a conditioning in the mind and that, you know, will um, take one deeper and deeper. So it's there isn't a, a set time for developing these things. And often when we set a time, we want to, it's in a sense we are making demands, we may be in a hurry, <laughs> which is really the opposite of what meditation is about, because hopefully we can let go to a certain extent of our preoccupation preoccupations with time and and uh, achieving results as quickly as possible um, because uh, this won't actually help the mind settle down and it's a it's part of a mind that's trying to get more and more experience it's a mind that's wanting it's a mind that's getting so it, it will take its own time <laughs> And uh, if we we do it regularly, that's that's the important thing, you know, a re repetition, and the mind will get into that groove. Will get into, and each time we repeat, it can become deeper and deeper. It'll take us further, more into more peaceful states, more clear states of mind. Um, so these are, it will take its own time. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chinook. Is that it? Yeah, there was a last question. Last question. So thank you to everyone who has been uh, participating in this live streaming this evening. I hope you found some peace in it. And of course, um, I remember one time when I was teaching this and somebody pointed out and I alluded to it, there are two types of peace. We can develop the peace in the meditation. And the second type is developing peace in our experience of life. So it's taking that peace that we've experienced, we've got a, flay, a taste for it in the meditation, and taking it into life. Sometimes when people um, develop peace, they can, as it were, have a resistance to anything that seems to impact on that peace or reduce that peace. But if we can be at peace with what we're experiencing, you know, it may not be what we like, actually, or it may be it can give us a sort of a stillness and peace even in daily life. And I think this is what Ajahn Chah meant when he called, he, he created this uh, um, saying of uh, still water flowing. 
So the still water is the mind that's still, that's peaceful, and the water is the circumstances of life. We can really suffer if we're not at peace with what we, where we're at in life, what we're experiencing, rejecting what we don't uh, like. But we can be at peace with it too, and that is a far, far preferable thing. So important to take the peace of samadhi into the peace in life. And that's the peace of wisdom, really, isn't it? The peace of wisdom is not fighting with the conditions we experience in life. Just uh, we do what we can in terms of change if they're unpleasant, but we can be at peace with them. And these, both these sources of peace are very, very important. So I hope that was useful for you this evening. And may you develop both types of peace, <laughs> the portable peace and the peace of samadhi. So now we can finish off by paying respects to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, if you wish. And I'll do the chanting, because this is, <laughs> you can't see me bowing, so I can't bow. So please join if you wish, if you know this chant. Arahang Samma Sambundo Bhagawa Bhudhang Bhagavantang Abhivadehmi Swagato Bhagavata Dhammo Dhammang Namasami Supati Pano Bhagavato Sawaka Sanko Sankang Namami Sadhu 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 So thank you for participating this evening.